On this week's episode of On Your Terms with Aaron King, Erin interviews the soul-centered catalyst for personal transformation herself, Donna Bond. The title of Donna's new book is Original Wisdom, Harness the Power of the Authentic You. Every time you make a move on the chessboard, one man moves one spot, the entire landscape of the board changes. Welcome to On Your Terms with Aaron King, a show about living a life you truly love. Here's Aaron. Hello, everyone. Aaron King here, and welcome to On Your Terms. My guest today is the author of a book called Original Wisdom Harness the Power of the Authentic You. She's a graduate of the University of Santa Monica, holds a Master of Arts in Spiritual Psychology, and is a former director of marketing at the Ritz Carlton. She is fabulous. She has a wonderful, grounded energy. She's a spiritual life and business coach, thought leader catalyst for personal transformation and my favorite descriptor, an igniter of light. Please welcome my new friend, Donna Bond to the show. Hello, Donna. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Erin. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. You too. And I can't believe we were neighbors. You were in San Clemente, just down the street from where we're recording here at our office in Laguna Beach. But you have fled California for the most magical place. Costa Rica, live in that Pura Vida. Pura Vida. <laughs> so good. So tell us about your, your journey. So you were working in marketing at the Ritz-Carlton and you said you had sort of a transformational moment that led you into this new season in your career. Can you share with us that, that story? Yeah. I had just turned 44, which was a pretty significant age because that's how old my father was when he died. And Mm -hmm. so when I turned 44, suddenly I was in this huge rush to figure out what the hell am I doing here? What is my life about? It can't be about this because I felt like I was on this conveyor belt, right? Like I was just on a loop of repeat in my life, like showing up in corporate land at hotel world day after day after day. And I was on... I don't know, like 28 years of this career at the time. And on the advice of a psychic, I enrolled myself in a master's program in spiritual psychology, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like whatsoever, it. it made no sense. But there was something about it that... I was drawn to. And I had always been a spiritual seeker since a very, very young age. And it was like something that I kept in the closet. You know, it was like my little weekend secret. And I'd be devouring, you know, personal transformation books and going off to these metaphysical bookstores. But it was really a part of me that I kept hidden. So I had this draw to it, even though at the time i had no idea that i would you know go on to really change my entire life as a result of this program and i was on an airplane on my way to the ritz carlton global leadership conference and i was reading a book and through what i was reading i suddenly realized how safe 
I had been playing my whole life, Mm. how I had stuck so close to the shoreline. And in that moment, Erin, it was like my crown chakra opened and I just received this download of information that I had this crystal clarity that I needed to leave that job. I needed to leave hospitality and walk away from my 28 year long career, which was completely insane, right? But it was crystal clear inside of me. And so when I got off that plane and I got off that plane to attend this conference, I was really a changed person. Like I had an experience inside of myself that allowed me to attend that conference in a way that I was looking through a different lens. I was Mm. no longer like the girl running to the breakout rooms, sitting in the front row, taking copious notes so I could, you know, gather all these strategies and implement them back at the property level when I got back. I wasn't doing that. Mm. I was really sort of marveling at the accomplishments that I had come through over the course of nearly 30 years in my career. Wow. And I knew at that time that it was time to do something else. Mm. Even though I had no idea what that was in that moment. And there, there is a more like intimate experience of this download that I received, which is clearly articulated in my book, Original Wisdom. So, so you, you left the job and then what happened? Then what did you do? Yeah. So I actually hung out a shingle as a marketing consultant and truly at that time being a spiritual life and business coach, being an entrepreneur, it wasn't really in my sphere. And I hung out a shingle as a marketing consultant because I could, because I had Mm -hmm. 30 years of experience. I was very good at what I did. I had a great reputation. I had a lot of contacts in the industry. So that was, looking back on it now, the bridge that I sort of built for myself. And I was really shown that this was the work that I was going to be doing in the world. And, you know, at the time, if you had told me, oh, you're going to be sitting in these sacred, intimate, one-to-one conversations with other people, I would have said, oh yeah, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way. You know, I had like 60 people reporting to me in my former life. So uh, it seemed really outlandish Mm -hmm. that I would do something like this. And I wound up coaching somebody sort of by accident. And at that time, really experienced myself as a channel for the divine. I don't know Mm -hmm. how else to put it. So, so what do you think in your coaching and your teaching and in your community that you've built, what do you think is one of the big challenges that you come across often with those that have experienced the tug or the clarity, but they don't have the audacity or the means or they're just stuck in terms of crossing over or, or seeking what their heart is pulling them towards? Like, what, what do you hear typically? 
Well, I think the biggest challenge that everyone faces is the how. They want to know mm-hmm. how. Right. And in my book, I talk extensively about hanging up the how mm. and not worrying about the how. And what I have found and really sort of the vision that I've had for my own life is the more clarity we can bring to what do you want and why do you want it? Mm. What do you want and why do you want it? And the more clarity we have around that, the more that universal forces automatically go to work on our behalf and begin arranging things to unfold in a way that is usually way better than anything Mm. that we are able to imagine on our own. Mm -hmm. So letting go of the how. And my recommendation is, it's like, if you want to get from... Los Angeles to Boston. There's a lot of different ways that you can go. There's a lot of different ways that you can get there. If you know you're headed to Boston and you know why you want to go to Boston, all you have to do is take one little step in the direction of Boston, in the direction of your dream, in the direction of your vision. And do you play chess? I don't, but my husband does and I'm learning. I know I'm learning too. And one of the things that fascinates me about chess, and I really believe that this is the way that the world works. Every time you make a move on the chessboard, one man moves one spot, the entire landscape of the board changes. Mm-hmm. And so in our human nature, right, we want to rely on our logic and we want to rely on our sensibilities. And so we make plans, right? We make the plan. And this is why we want to know the how, like, what are all the steps that are going to get me from here to there, you know, and we make a plan and then we end up forcing ourselves on that plan. And the reason that we end up forcing ourselves on that plan is because every time we take one step the whole landscape changes. So three steps from now, there's going to be a whole set of different options and opportunities that didn't exist three steps ago. But if we're so fixated on our way, on our plan, we hurt ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're like pushing and forcing our way through the door instead of working in cooperation with life to sort of unfold a plan that could be so much more delicious than anything that we could even possibly imagine. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. And when you've actually seen this transpire in your life, you subscribe to this gospel wholeheartedly. There's literally no other way to go forward. I've experienced this in my life a million times in Costa Rica, in fact, in transformation moments. And I mean, I remember it was probably you know, 15 years ago, and I was in a terrible relationship. It was so painful. It was the absolute heartache. I didn't know what to do. I was torn. I thought I was going to marry this person. I was 29 years old. And I remember just being so desperate. And and all I knew was I needed to figure out a way to cross over. I needed to figure out a way to leave the relationship. 
that's what I knew I needed to do. I needed to get to Boston, right? And I knew my why. My why was I knew in my heart this wasn't my right person. But I didn't know how. I did not know how I was going to possibly get the strength. I didn't know how I was going to use the language. I didn't know how what I was going to do next, where I was going to move, where I was going to live, where I was going to work. I didn't know any of the how. And so it was crazy because I just made the decision of what I wanted to do. I let go of the how. And sure enough, two days later, one of my best girlfriends uh, lives in New York, former New York Times, Mashable, like very uh, go-getter kind of CMO type gal who never goes on vacation, is a workaholic. She reaches out to me and says, I think we need to go to Costa Rica. I'm at a crossroads. I need to figure a few things out. We've been best (laughs) friends since we were 15. And within 48 hours, we had booked the ticket flown to Costa Rica for a surf trip. And we surfed and we rode ATVs and we lived in treehouse with the monkeys and we saw a shaman in a sweat lodge. <laughs> and I heard my my grandmother who's dead talking to me and guiding me and helping me. And I left this trip tan and, and well, sunburned and sweaty <laughs> and, and dirty and broke and completely clear on exactly what I needed to do. It gave me the strength I needed. Now, for you and I and people listening to this podcast, that vibe at that level, this is a no-brainer. But my question to you is for the ones that are listening to this podcast that are more of the practical, that are more of the time blocking, that are more of the, in this crazy world of chaos, I must engineer a sense of control. I know it's an illusion. I know control does not actually (laughs) exist. It's a fairy tale. However, to let go the letting go of the how feels not only challenging, not only impossible, but for people like my husband, who is an extremely practical thinker, it just seems irresponsible. So how do we coach our partners or our friends where we can see for them that if they can relinquish the how and just cross into the what and why that what, how do we coach them to cross over? Or if someone's listening and saying, I want to do this, but I just can't, what can they tell themselves to begin to make this type of a mindset feel more palatable? Mm, I love your question. Well, what's present for me to share is to collapse time. And What that means is be there now. And the power of affirmation is a really great way to land yourself where you want to be. So if I started affirming, you know, I am in Boston. I am loving Boston. I am elated that I am in Boston. There's this other phenomenon that happens energetically, that the more we match where it is we want to be, the quicker that comes right into our experience. And by sort of assuming the sale, right? Like a good old sales term that people working in that industry would know, by assuming that we're already there, we bring it to us faster. We bring it to us uh, more closely. Yes. And so I can already hear the protests. Well, if you're not really in Boston, I don't know why you're going to go around telling everybody you're in Boston. We don't have to tell anybody. You know, think about this as a magic formula, a secret recipe, a conversation between you and the universe. 
and your mother doesn't need to know and your sister doesn't need to know. But if you really have a heartfelt dream, and you know, this is going to send me on another tangent. The tangent is this, we spend more time like posting shit on social media than we do really creating the space to figure out like, what do I want my life to be about? What do I want to experience in my life? Who do I want to hang out with, right? Where do I want to be physically? What are the experiences that would uplift me, that would bring me joy and delight and fulfillment and yumminess? Mm -hmm. Those answers are inside of us. Yet they elude us, right? And if you ask somebody, they'll say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they do know, but they haven't taken the time or created the space to like really figure out what that is. Mm, it is so true. That that searching for the answers within the scroll, within others, is one of the biggest blocks to really stepping into actualizing that essence of who we know ourselves to be. And what's interesting is that our intuition is individual and mm. yet we seek it out in the collective. Mm. Our intuition's individual, but we seek it out in the collective, on Instagram, from our loved ones. And yet we're the only ones that truly know, but without the space to hear that voice, we will keep ourselves stuck on this same old tired excuse-laden record. Mm, excuse-laden record. I love that. It's, I just, I believe it. I, I really do. And, and I think what's tricky is figuring out how to make that space and how to really internalize that our inputs are showing up in our outputs. These inputs mm. that we're taking in that we are internalizing are becoming physical moments, experiences, relationships, challenges, mindsets in our real world that maybe aren't even of our own architecture. And I think that's the that's the trickiest part to get someone to begin to realize that they can't hear themselves if they don't seek the silence. And I know my husband, he detests silence. He always has a podcast going, always had, he falls asleep listening to podcasts. He's always listening to music and learning. And it's wonderful. He's a student of life. And the idea of him sitting alone with his thoughts for a minute makes him break out into a full body sweat. And I know he's not alone in that. So, so how do you coach some of your clients to begin to tap into that space? Is there, is there a habit that you recommend? And obviously it's meditation and journaling and all that, but like, how do they begin to really embrace that and begin to work in some of those tried and true practices of mindfulness into their life when it's not comfortable for them and when they'd rather go to the dentist <laughs> than meditate, right? <laughs> That's good. Yes. Actually, you know who articulates this the best way, I think, is Michael Singer. And in his book, his first book, The Untethered Soul, he talks about how training our mind, taming our mind is like taming a horse. And I think we have to go into it with that level of awareness that our mind is a monkey, right? It's, it's a monkey and it's jumping around and it's 
job is to distract us from that original wisdom, from that inherent intelligence that we have inside of us. And so opening our eyes to that, opening our awareness to that, is I think part of this, that we can then hold the intention to take dominion over our consciousness. Mm. Like I'm going to take dominion over my consciousness. And when there is a genuine desire for this, and there is a heartfelt intention for this, those two elements can really support us in moving through the uncomfortable place. Mm. And also knowing that that is temporary, right? Like that Mm. uncomfortability is temporary because meditating is like working out. You know, you can do it for eight hours tomorrow and nothing's going to happen. But if you do it for eight minutes every single day, you're building a muscle, right? You're Mm -hmm. building a muscle. And that's really the benefit of it. And my meditation practice quite literally saved my life, hmm. which is a whole other story. I want to hear but, it. What's, what's the story? Yeah, how, did it save, how did it save your life? To, to wrap this up though, I just, I want to give one more little tip that oh, sure. I think is super helpful in beginning a meditation practice is actually finding a location, like a physical location in your house. I used to meditate in front of my sliding glass door, like looking out the window, right? I would sit down with cross legs and have a specific place that I would go to. And if you want to like light a candle or get a crystal or any of that, knock yourself out. But to get up and physically go to that space every single day for 33 days, you're beginning to cultivate the habit, even if nothing happens when you get there. But picking yourself up, I went to the Chopra Center way back in 2013 and after having surgery on my shoulder. And they gave us this great little uh, mantra, RPM, rise, pee, meditate. And that has stayed with me the entire time. And I have meditated every single day since. Rise, pee, meditate. Oh, I thought you were phone. saying pee like an initial. You're saying like rise, go to the toilet, and then begin meditating. Got it. That's okay. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I missed it the first time. Got it. Okay. That's hilarious. RPM. I love that. Yeah. So like get up. Do not look at your phone. Mm. Do not make coffee. So hard to do. I, you know, you don't even have to brush your teeth. Just get up and go to this space mm-hmm. and be with yourself, recognizing that as the most important person in your life experience, you deserve to be at the top of your to-do list on that day, mm-hmm. you know? So cultivating the habit of going there, I think is maybe part of the challenge, right? And finding that space in your day. And so if this really matters to you, get up 15 minutes earlier. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise it goes on the excuse record, like you were saying. Yeah, it's so good. So meditation truly saved your life. It truly saved my life. What happened? In 2016, I had a dream. And... In my dream, there was a giant fish hook all the way through my left breast. 
And in the dream, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I'm looking at this fish hook that is all the way through my left breast and it is a bloody mess. And I am fixated on the barb. And in my dream, I'm looking at this thinking that it, it had gone in pretty easily, but I say out loud to myself in the dream, how are you going to get out of this? Mm. And I wake up. And as soon as I wake up, woke myself up out of a sound sleep saying, how are you going to get out of this? I remembered that like three months before I had noticed this little tiny, felt like a piece of sand on my breast. And I woke up and I was like, oh, is that still there? And I felt my breast. And sure enough, there was still this like little tiny, felt like a piece of like a little tiny pebble on the top of my breast. And that day I made an appointment, which led to another appointment and another appointment and another appointment. And five days before my 47th birthday, I was being given a triple negative breast cancer diagnosis. Oh, wow. And a lot of things happened. I started out with one set of doctors and I had pushed the surgery out for about a month because I was giving my very first talk, which was part of my master's thesis at the University of Santa Monica. And I wanted all my faculties in place before I delivered that talk. So I had pushed the surgery out. I was going to, I was going to end up having to have a lumpectomy and seven weeks of whole breast radiation. And over the course of those 30 days, Aaron, I wound up in three different conversations where people were talking about getting a second opinion. And on the, th now this had nothing to do with me. It wasn't about me. Like people didn't even realize that I was going through this, but I just kept finding myself like in these conversations where people were talking about getting a second. So finally, uh, the third time I was like, all right, I got it. Mm -hmm. I got it. So I get a second opinion, ended up seeing Dr. Lisa Guerra, who is at Breastlink in Newport Beach for mm -hmm. any of your local listeners who might uh, need to find their way to her. And she says to me, so tell me again how you found this. And so I tell her the whole story and she says, well, there's this new technology called interoperative radiation therapy. And it's an alternative to seven weeks of whole breast radiation. And it's radiation that takes place during the surgery on the table. And the device that we use to administer this interoperative radiation therapy is shaped like a fish hook. Oh, wow. That's wild. Very cool. It was pretty wild. So I started crying. My husband started crying. Like we knew immediately that that was my treatment plan. Yeah. And, you know, who knew that there's 26 different kinds of breast cancer and there's 26, you know, times, however many women who have had breast cancer, there's that many possible treatment plans. So the reason that I say my meditation saved my life is because I have a level of clarity inside of me as a result of my practice. Yeah. I remember my dreams. And if I were in my old life, 
And at the time that this had happened, I had already resigned my position. I had been working as a consultant for about a year. I was meditating daily. I was eating out of the Vitamix. I really slowed down. And I really attribute my practice to being responsible for me, not only having that dream, but remembering it. So good. I mean, for anyone listening, if if you have been waiting for a sign to pay more attention to your subconscious and pay more attention to your dreams, if you've been waiting for a sign to know if your intuition is in fact correct, that you need to make the appointment, you know, go to Boston, quit the job, move to Costa Rica, <laughs> whatever it is that's heavy on your heart. I mean, listen to these stories. I mean, it's this is the power of really trusting yourself and believing that that the universe does have your back and that there is so much more at play here that even the most practical among us will never be able to fully explain and understand, but it does not discount how powerful it truly is. So I just think that's an incredible story. I'm so happy that you tuned in and listened to your divine guidance. For those of us in the Success Network who would like to read your book and learn more from you, Donna, where's the best place for them to go uh, online? Are you on social media or website or where should we go to get more Donna? Yeah, DonnaBond.com. DonnaBond.com. Fabulous. Well, Donna, thank you so much for sharing your brilliance with my success listeners today and for giving us some beautiful tips about living life a little more intentionally on our terms. So I really appreciate you sharing live from Costa Rica. Thanks, Erin. It was wonderful to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for investing your heart, your mind, of course, your time with me here today. And it is my deepest hope that you have gleaned at least a few new nuggets on how to better live a life that you love on your terms. You can subscribe to see all of my weekly episodes. And if you have time, you can send a screenshot of your review of the podcast to onyourterms at erinking.com and you'll be sent a free access pass to my digital persuasion masterclass where you'll learn how to attract attention increase your influence, and sell smarter from behind the screen. I hope that you'll join me next week for another episode of On Your Terms. And until then, let's connect on Instagram at Mrs.Aaron.King. Till next time, friends.